Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yeah. to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. I crossed up by Colby. Well, floated Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. But Speaking I, of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on. Fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. What's going on, everyone? It's Posting Up Podcast here. Uh, per usual, Lucas Bullduck and Big Jace are here, but filling in for King Zay and Sean Scanlon, I have Steve Risser and Chris Pagano. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you very welcome much guys. for having me. Thanks for having me, Lucas. No problem, no problem. Uh, so, obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on around the league right now. I want to get right into my uh, my first topic of the day here. Uh the Clippers, they're not struggling by any means necessary, but you kind of feel that at this point they kind of have to make a, a big push for a, another star just because the Lakers are that good. I, mean, I feel like the Lakers, you, you have to you have to get a third star to be competitive in that Western Conference with the Lakers. So I want to know, Chris, I'll start with you. Do you think that the Clippers should make a, a push for Bradley Beal or do you think they should leave that alone? Um, when it comes to Bradley Beal, I don't think they have enough to get a deal done. Um, first, with money, I don't think they'd be able to make the money work while staying competitive. And while if they were to make that trade, they'd have to lose one of Zubak or Serge, as well as uh, Patrick Beverly and probably Lou Williams. So I think they'd have to give up too much to get them. And also, they're so depleted with draft assets. Um, I think something that would fix their team as opposed to getting a Bradley Beal would be getting a, a playmaker, uh, just a playmaking point guard, whether it's Alonzo Ball, whether it's a Derrick Rose or uh, Eric Bledsoe, just somebody to really solidify that playmaking point guard spot. I like the uh, Alonzo Ball thing. I, I know the, oh, the Pelicans just announced they'd be shopping him, so um, mm-hmm. I like that for the Clippers, actually. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, you got to go get him. You got to go get Bradley. If you if you have your chance to get Bradley Beal, you got to go get him. Because, you know, if you want to get past the Lakers, I think you need that third star. I think, yeah, you want to talk about depth and getting rid of like a Patrick Beverly or, or Lou Williams. Lou Williams right now is a bench player. Patrick Bever- Beverly is a point guard who can't score. So if you want to get it, you want to get a uh, – you need to go – I think you need to go get a Brad- Bradley Beal. Because we saw last year in the playoffs, Paul, Paul George Paul George struggled. Even though it was the bubble and he wasn't probably wasn't himself, he still struggled. So – I think if you got to be as good as you can be, just look at what the Nets did. They're starting to get hot now. Get it, you know, getting James Harden and having Kyrie Irving and having Kevin Durant, and they're they're still even despite the record, in my opinion, they're the favorite in the East. So if you want to be be better than the Lakers, I think you got to go out and get a Bradley Beal. Uh, Jace, what do you think? Um, 
I don't necessarily know. I, I like what Bradley Beal's doing. I don't know if he's necessarily the answer. Um, I mean, I, I like what Chris said. Get like a playmaker, get a good facilitator. Um, because right now that is where they are lacking. I, I know Patrick Beverly, really good on the defensive end, but but he's not that great at facilitating like everyone else, like like uh, other elite point guards. And also, I mean. Paul George is, I mean, he's been the biggest facilitator, I guess, for this team. He's been the star who's had the ball in his hands a lot. So, uh, but with that, he's also not taking care of it. He's got four turnovers. Uh, He's averaging four turnovers a game, which is not good. I don't like that. I don't necessarily know if Beal is the right guy. Maybe you go, you get a big guy. Uh, someone like I I know we talked about this a little bit uh, before the show. Someone like a Drummond that n- they don't have a double-digit rebounder. Surge is leading them right now with six point nine. That's not enough to compete. And I mean, I mean, that that's not enough to to stop like an Anthony Davis. That like if you really want to match up well with the Lakers and get past the Lakers, you, you need that big person to to compete with Anthony Davis on the boards. And right now, I don't think they have that. So I, I think they should look there, looking for a power forward, a better center, someone someone like that, before going for another shooter. Because, I mean, it, things are all good. But, I mean, things are all good with Bradley Beal. Leading, leading the league in scoring right now. But is it really necessary for the Clippers right now? Well, right. And, and you look at that. Like, was James Harden really necessary for the Nets? I think that he was not. But then you can look at you can look at their philosophy of you know we might allow 150 points a game, but we're gonna score 160 and we're gonna win. So in that in that aspect, I think that would be a good move for the Clippers because obviously on any given day you're not gonna stop LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the playoffs. They're just gonna do their thing, and you're gonna have to live with that. Um, so you're going to kind of have to hope to put up a bunch of points. So if they're looking at it from that angle, sure, trade for Bradley Beal. But uh, Chris and Jace make good points with um, Lonzo Ball and um, what did you say, Jace? Uh, Andre Drummond. I, I kind of like that move too, and that's somewhere they could uh, get him on a buyout deal for, for quite cheaper. And I just wanted to bring something up here. I, I, I feel horrible for Bradley Beal. I mean, the dude's – I feel like he's just stuck – in um <laughs> in uh in Washington. I mean listen to these stats here. Uh last night even uh 26 point oh no the night before 47 points versus the Pelicans in a loss. Then he got uh two losses before that 33 and 31 and then the week before against Boston and Philly he dropped 41 in a loss and 60 in a loss. So, you know, when you're doing everything like that and your team's just not performing up to par I feel like he wants to get out of there. Is the Clippers the right place? That's that's the question that'll be answered, I guess. Um, so next, we'll get into some some marquee matchups here coming up this weekend. But first, we'll let uh, we'll let you guys hear a message from Clover Chris. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. 
All right, so we got some huge matchups coming up. I know this is one Chris wants to talk about a lot. It's coming up tonight uh, on ABC. It's the first ABC nationally televised game of the year. Chris, why don't you tell me why you're excited for this Lakers-Celtics matchup? I am super excited for the Celtics-Lakers matchup. And part of the reason for it being is, as a Celtics fan, um, it was amazing seeing how well the Celtics played against the Lakers last season. I mean, when we went into L.A., I think we blew him out by over 30 points. Jason Tatum uh, took that really big next step in becoming the superstar that he is today. Um, I'm just – this is a huge test for us because I I am not a fan of the lineup that Brad Stevens has been putting out that has both Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice starting at the same time. But this is a game to see if it can flourish. Because with AD and a Marcus Gasol or a Montrez Harrell on the court at the same time, you do need two bigs out there to be able to stop them, especially because of Anthony Davis. And I'm very curious to see with the Celtics that haven't been playing at all too well in the past week or two, I'm very curious to see how well they, they can compete against a red-hot Lakers because we have the assets. We're now fully healthy. This is going to be our second game with having Kemba, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum all healthy at the same time. I'm really curious to see how we can play and if we can do what we were doing to them last year. And if we can beat them, if we can beat them by a good amount of points as well, like we did last year, it will tell me everything I need to know about the Celtics in becoming a front running contender in the Eastern conference, even though there are the bucks, the nets, the Sixers, I think this needs to be our statement game. Right. And, um, Something that intrigues me, you know, about these East-West matchups with the powerhouses is they only meet twice a year. So you do a home and home with with the West, and obviously, like you said, the Lakers are front runners. I mean, everyone knows that, and the Celtics are a team that are looking to prove themselves worthy of the top spot in the East. So I I think this matchup is super important for Boston. Uh, I always I hate when I hear people say that the Lakers have a second gear they can kick it into. And when they lose that, you know, they're just not in their second gear. I think if you're not going out there and trying to win every game, then you're not, you're doing something wrong. Um, So like Chris said, I think this is a huge game for both teams. I think it might be a little bigger for the Celtics, you know, go out there and try to prove themselves. Uh, Obviously I talked about a couple weeks ago, Jalen Brown being on my radar for um, a dark horse MVP candidate, and he's been playing absolutely out of his mind. So I think him and Jason Tatum together are just are just two fantastic players. And obviously, you throw in Kemba Walker. There's the there's the the hole with the big man that's been there for the Celtics forever. But yeah, ever since Horford left, and even before that, yeah. I think this game also is going to be big because it's going to tell us whether or not we really need to use that. Uh, historic mid-level exception or trade exception that we got in the Gordon Hayward trade. Cause if it keeps showing that having a solid big is like something we don't have, we need to go out and get a guy like Vucevic. Exactly. I think that would be a great move for you guys. Um, oh, yeah. Steve, is there anything in particular during this matchup you're looking for? Yeah. I want to see if the Lakers should just get back, get back on track. I mean, they've lost, they've lost a couple of games in a row. They obviously lost your Sixers the other night. They lost the Pistons, which surprised me. I know, I know your Sixers won, but the Lakers are definitely a better team, but yeah, the Lakers need, the Lakers need to get back on track. That's, that's what I'm looking for in the matchup. And obviously I think the Celtics are better than their record too. I think they're the third, I, I think the top three teams in the East are the Nets, 
the Bucks, and the Celtics. I think those are the top three teams in the East, Sixers being four. I know they have the best record in the Eastern Conference, but I'm sorry, Joel Embiid, you're not winning a championship, but Joel Embiid is your best player. I'd rather have Jason Tatum as my best player. So I'm looking at it. This is going to be a great game, great rivalry game. I think both teams are great, but I, what I'm looking for is the Lakers get back on track. And I think this is a game the Lakers need to win because if they lose it, you're going to get people saying, are the Lakers the same team as they were last year? Yeah. Um, Jace, do you think that if the Lakers drop a third straight that there's going to be – obviously there's going to be a bunch of talk about you know what's wrong with the Lakers and they're, they're falling down this deep, deep, dark road or whatever. Do you think that talk is like necessary or do you think it's too early to say stuff like that? Um, it, it, it's it's way too early in the season to say stuff like that. But uh, it, this game should be interesting. I'm interested to see what happens. Um, it, also, the Lakers like they just won the championship, and then they have all these new pieces. It's still early in the season. Some of them still got to work on that chemistry. Um, w- once we're talking about the playoffs, I'm sure they'll be ready. I'm sure both these teams will be ready. And this should be a solid, a great uh, interconference game. So uh, tomorrow we got the Jazz versus the Nuggets on NBA TV. Jace's Jazz have won yes, 11 straight games. I watched the game last night versus Dallas. And Dallas is someone we've talked about who was struggling early on. But nevertheless, the Jazz didn't have Donovan Mitchell, and they still blew the uh, blew the Mavericks out. So I, I – I think the um, the Jazz have looked fantastic. I don't know how long it will keep up. Um, Steve, I want to know, what are your thoughts on the Jazz? Do you think that they're kind of just having an easy part of their schedule and doing well in the early on, or do you do you see this, this, ooh, this success continuing on throughout the regular season into the playoff? I think this is a good team, but I do think they're benefiting from an easy part of their schedule because if you because they won two games last night without Donovan Mitchell. That's impressive, but – they're kind of benefit. I think they're benefiting from an easy part of their schedule because you look at Donovan. Donovan Mitchell's a top player, but if you look at this Jazz team, they have a lot of really good players with Mike Connolly, with uh, with Rudy Gobert, with uh, Bogdanovich, uh, with Joe Ingles coming off the bench too. But I think the issue with this Jazz team is they don't have that consistent second score, and that's what hurt them last year in the playoffs when they played the Nuggets. Is they didn't have that consistent second score, so especially in Game Seven. So when Donovan Mitchell didn't have a good game, the team couldn't score. So I think this Jazz team is arguably a top three team in the, in the Western Conference. Got a little robotic on us there, Steve. I don't know. Uh, something static must have gotten interfered. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Jace, uh, uh, what was I going to ask you, man? I can't remember. All right. Well, um, I, I, I can just take over for this game because, I mean, Jamal Murray, the, the, that's the only person that would give me. Any scare with Jokic and Porter don't. Jokic and Porter don't give you a scare. No, they don't because I think I think Bogdanovich is good enough to limit Porter, dude. And then also, I mean, the best defensive center in the league can can slow down Jokic. Okay, can slow down Jared Allen. Jokic is the best center in the league, bar none. He's clearly the best center in the league. Okay, clearly the best center in the league. Okay, okay. Jokic is clearly the best center in the league. Porter Jr. is red hot. He's been playing great. You see, since he's came back, the team has looked like a top three team in the Western Conference. I'm sorry. You should not only have to worry about Jamal Murray. You could argue maybe by the end of the year, Jamal Murray might be their third best player. So you don't okay. need to just worry about Jamal Murray. That. you got to no. worry about Michael Porter Jr. and, and Jokic. You I, get about that. I get that. But for this game, I would only really worry about Jamal Murray 
because the fact that Donovan Mitchell is still in concussion protocol. That, that's where, where, where I was getting with that, Steve. But Jamal Murray's been well, – where has he been? What happened to him? He did great in the play in the bubble, and now I, I don't know. Did he did he go join Kyrie on a vacation or something? What's going on here? Uh, I, the Jazz are hot. They're going to continue to be hot. They're playing very well defensively, and I, I like the Jazz. They're going to come in, get it done, handle business, make it twelve in a row, continue, keep that number one seed. Until the playoffs come, and let's go. I don't, I don't care what seed they are. They're still not a championship contender without a sec with a, 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 another player uh, around Donovan Mitchell. They need another top elite player around Donovan Mitchell until I consider. Yeah, and they have an elite defender. defender in Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Gobert doesn't score enough for me. Okay, he's an Jordan elite Clarkson player. scores enough though. Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, okay, okay. Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been probably the sixth man of the year. I get it, but you need to have. They, they don't have that second player like a Paul George. They don't have a second player like an Anthony Davis. They just don't have that. And I think that's an issue when they get into the playoffs. They got to play the Lakers or the Clippers. I agree. I would agree with that. Chris, I'm going to hit you with a question here about Utah. Um, if they could, you know, there's a, there's a lot of players that are rumored to be on the trade block this upcoming towards the trade deadline. Uh, is there one player in particular you think the Jazz should be targeting at this point? Um, if I'm the Jazz, honestly, I'm kind of staying put. Um, if I were them, I would try and possibly get another three. Uh, someone so Royce O'Neal doesn't be need to be averaging 32 points, 32 minutes a game. Sorry, um, if they can get someone, um, I gotta think if they could get someone like, uh, even just like a like a Glenn Robinson, just someone who can come in and just like get some points, get some minutes just to level out that team. Maybe not, maybe not Alec, uh, Glenn Robinson because he can't play the three all too well. But just someone along that caliber and someone along those lines, because it's going to be really hard for them to make a big splash and a big trade because of the contract that Mike Conley carries and the fact that they're uh, the extension for Donovan Mitchell is going to be kicking in next year. I think they need to wait to make that big next move to add in uh, players with um, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert once Mike Conley's contract is up, because that's going to free enough money to be able to get a guy like like who we were talking about before in Bradley Beal. Because they do, I think uh, Steve is definitely right in that they need, they really do need another star player for them to be a championship caliber team. But I will say it has looked like the Utah Jazz might have the best chemistry amongst everyone in the league right That's now. That's a great point. That's and, a great point. And chemistry is so important. It's so underrated in the NBA. People forgo that constantly by just – completely switching up the looks of their rosters year in and year out. The Jazz are a team that haven't done that. And bringing in the second year, now that it's their second year having Mike Conley, it's really become formidable that their chemistry is what has brought them to this point throughout the season so far. Yeah, and you know, for the Jazz, for a team, you know, they were kind of the first team to go through uh, the the COVID nineteen issues last season, you know, Rudy Gobert was the the, the one who started the shutdown. Even though, zero. Right, even though you know someone would have done it eventually. Yeah. Uh, um. And and there were reports that that Gobert and Mitchell's relationship was damaged beyond repair. So yeah. that it's it's great to see them um back on the same page. Like you said, their chemistry is outstanding. They bring back you know someone they did add in the off season 
was Derek Favors, but he played, yep. I think he played six or so years for the Jazz before. Yeah, so he's mm-hmm. been teammates with a lot of those guys before uh, yeah. this season. And, and yeah, chemistry is super important. I agree with that. Um, and then the last game, uh, the nationally televised game on Monday is the Suns versus the Mavs, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the Miami Heat, so that'll get us right into our next topic here. Mm. The Miami Heat are struggling, man. I mean, they are a team that many consider coming into the season to be a top contender in the East. They obviously played a pretty good series against the Lakers last year in the finals, ultimately losing that series, but I think they looked pretty good in that series last year. Um, Chris, tell me tell me what's wrong with the Heat. Um, what's wrong with the Heat is they cannot score the basketball. They they simply they don't have enough buckets on their team. Also, too, I think they really messed up in not bringing a guy like Jay Crowder back. But not just that, in that giving Miles or Myers Leonard a two-year, twenty million dollar extension, I think that's going to hurt them tremendously. And they just need like I don't want to be too repetitive, but Bradley Beal. They, if you're talking about a team that could really use a guy like Bradley Beal, it's the Miami Heat, and they have the assets to get something like that done. Their draft stock is not – it's a little depleted, but it's not completely depleted. They have young assets that they can flip to get a guy like that. And if Jimmy Butler is your number one scoring option on offense, which he hasn't been lately because yeah, he, he hasn't been healthy all season, but if he's your go-to guy – you need someone else to put the ball in the hoop because Tyler Harrow is a tremendous young player and he's been averaging 17.7 points a game, which is great for a second-year guy, but you cannot put all the load onto him. Bam Adebayo has been stepping up, but they still need to get that next guy. They they need that second true scorer. They don't even need him to guard that much. They don't need a, a super defensive guy. They need a guy like Bradley Beal. Right. Jimmy Butler's averaging 15 points a game, just in case you didn't know. Yeah, that's yeah. not good. That's not good enough. <laughs> and I don't, I don't like think that's going to last. I don't think that's going to last. I think he's going to get it back up to 20 points. But you got to think too. This team is exhausted. I mean, the late like the Lakers also went and played through until I think it was August to September for the bubble. Even October. Yeah. Like, even yeah, October, you're right. Yeah. So. Even with that, the Lakers, though, before that, they didn't play – I don't think they played one seven-game series. The Miami Heat played a couple. They they had a few series that went long. Uh, Jimmy Butler was absolutely exhausted. I remember that famous shot that went out at the end of game six, it was, against the Lakers. He was exhausted. And people say, oh, well, he's had a few months to get ready, this and that. It takes a long time for you to fully heal your body – and not just be ready to play, but be ready to play at your highest level. So I think rest is going to be good for the Heat. Um, I, I expected this coming for the Miami Heat. I just really think that they're a team that needs to pull a couple of those bad contracts that they got, along with a young asset or two with draft picks, and go after a star. Yeah, Steve, do you think – is Chris right? Do they uh, do the Miami Heat need Bradley Beal? Oh, without question. That would be a huge, it'd be a great move for the Heat. He'd be a perfect fit. Because if you look at the Heat right now, the biggest reason why they're struggling is Tyler Hero's been out and, and Jimmy Butler's been out. That's the biggest reason why the Heat are struggling. I mean, those are those are two of their top three players. They've been out. That, yeah, it, 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 they are worn out from the bubble last year, but I think that's the biggest reason they're struggling because they have two of those three players out. And you say you add a Bradley Beal, 
I mean, that team could definitely get hot. I mean, they could they could easily get hot and, and be a top five team in the Eastern Conference if you get a if you get a Bradley Beal. So yeah, clearly, uh, yeah, you need to have that second guy, and the Heat definitely need that second guy. So yeah, my my, my and, and again, why they're struggling is because they've had Butler out and they've had Hero out. Once they get those guys back, they'll they will be a team that will be playing better basketball. I agree. I agree. Uh, Bradley Beal will definitely be a huge addition for this Miami Heat team. Um, Jace, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a harder question here. Okay. Let's say Bradley Beal's out of the question. Uh, let's say they they can't attain him. Yeah, he's already been traded to another team. If you're the Heat, where do you turn for answers at that point? Honestly, yeah, I love that you brought, asked me this question because I I was gonna be the guy the, the, the odd man out. I don't think they necessarily need Bradley Beal. Would it be great? Yes, it would. They just need they need a little bit more rest. Like what Chris said, right? This is their finals hangover. And I mean, they've been unhealthy. I mean, not, you mentioned Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero. Goran Dragic hasn't played that much. Uh, uh, Avery Bradley. I mean, while while it isn't their their best guys. Well, it isn't the the elite, the, the top guys. They're they're struggling with in, injuries and people not playing. All in all, but the the uh, I like what Bam's doing. Bam's really stepped up, leading every category: assists, steals. I mean, assists, blocks, uh, rebounds, points. Uh, the only thing he's not leading is steals. That's Jimmy Butler. But yeah, I think once Jimmy Butler gets healthy and gets back into the fold. It, we'll start seeing the Miami that we saw in the bubble. I mean, maybe not to that extreme, but it's similar to it. They'll, they'll get back on track. Uh, I, I trust they don't necessarily need a Bradley Beal. Would it be great? Yes. Do they need it? I, I don't think so. Perfect, perfect. Um, so with that being said, I think we're done talking about Miami. We'll get right into our um... – our final topic of the day. That should be a fun one to talk about. But first, we'll get another message from Clovercrest Media. The Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what UAW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Crossome. All right. So we're into our final topic of the day here. Um, I it's a simple question. I I've wait, Lucas. Questions. We got sure. the top ten. Oh, do we? Okay, perfect. So we're gonna watch the top ten reel first, and then we'll get into our final topic of the day. So, oh. here we go. John Wall. So smooth. That was. He really hasn't lost a step. He really has. No, no. That was my biggest worry with him, too. Kyrie. He's got the best layup package in the league. Yes, sir. Kendrick Nunn on Jamal Murray. Yeah, Jamal Murray's still on vacation. (laughs) 
nice oh, wow. time. What a finish, though. Monster jam. Oh, George. That's what they need more of. They need more of that Pascal magic. They also also need to sign Kawhi. That's all. They they need to commit to a rebuild. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Let me tell you, that LaMelo ball to Miles Bridges combination on lobs has been something. I'm so so excited for LaMelo ball. I'm so excited for LaMelo ball. Kawhi. Oh. Oh, a little buzzer beater. I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> Thought he was ooping it there for a second. <laughs> he caught a body. He caught a body. Kobe. Oh. He, he, he just felt like a man after that. The league, Rook. Oh, a numero uno. There it is again. There it is. Oh, <laughs> it makes it look so easy. It's Miles Bidge is throwing it down, man. He really um, do. Something funny. I don't know. You guys probably weren't watching that Sixers game last night, but after Tobias Harris dunked on um, Jaden McDaniels there, I guess it was Tobias Harris was, I guess, bullying him the entire game. Oh, yeah. So um, the announcer went. Uh, he was like, you know, he's like, dunking on Jaden McDaniels. And he's like, you didn't hear. He's like, it's Jaden Harris now. And I was like, oh, my God. He's like, Elias <laughs> Harris is his daddy. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh that's, that's great. That's just disrespectful. That's disrespectful. I, uh, I was like, wow, I can't believe they just said that. Um, so now uh, thanks thanks to Isaiah. I always shout Isaiah out. He can't be here on Saturdays. But <clears throat> still puts the time in and effort to make those top ten reels. He does a great job with those. So hats off to him. Uh We'll get into our final topic of the day here, though. We something simple. I, I usually try to give you guys something hard, but I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to create too much controversy at the end of the show today. Uh, I just one team that's struggling right now. Uh, yeah, underperforming. You tell me. We'll go around. We'll go to Chris, then Steve, then Jace, and then myself. <sighs> tell me one team who's underperforming right now, who you think will turn it around in time to uh, to to compete and make a run. So. My team that's underperforming, and they're not necessarily like they're nine and eight, so they're not doing all that bad. But a team that I really see being one of the front runners in the Western Conference is the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, I think that they made they had one of the best off seasons in the league this year. Bringing, I'm not a huge fan, but bringing Ennis Cantor back was a great move for them. But the biggest move was bringing in Robert Covington. And I think when you look at this roster up and down, look at their bench, everything, they are one of the deepest teams in the league. Every position is filled. They have backups for every position, all of which can play. Um, I think the Portland Trailblazers can easily be a top three team in the Western Conference when it's all said and done. And the reason for that being is one of their biggest issues last season, their two biggest issues were depth, and depth slash health and 
defense. Robert Covington is one of the best 3 and D players in the league right now. And having a Robert Covington there, having a healthy Rodney Hood, bringing in a guy like Derek Jones, bringing in a guy like Ennis Cantor, and with the elevation of Anthony Simmons, um, CJ McCollum has been playing his ass off. He's been playing tremendous basketball up to date. But with him out, that's going to hurt them. But by the time he comes back, which should be in, I think it's like six more weeks, something like that. If Damian Lillard can really step up and if he can play like the Damian Lillard I know and the Damian Lillard that I think is the second best point guard in the league without a doubt, I think this team can be one of the best teams in basketball and can really make a run at a championship. I really do. I don't think I don't think anyone wants to see Portland in the playoffs bearing health. Yeah, I was one of the people last year who thought Portland would be dangerous come playoff time, but they obviously ran into a very, very determined Lakers team. So yeah, and they weren't they weren't that healthy either. I mean, Nurkic just Nurkic was like just healthy in time to be able to play, and he was he was rusty. You know what I mean? And having to go up against AD and uh, Dwight Howard, who Dwight Howard was playing tremendously in the playoffs, mm-hmm. having to like go up against those guys, it's 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 tough. You know, I mean, especially when you don't have a whole lot of help. Steve, what do you got? Give it to me. I got the Dallas Mavericks. I know right now they are 8-11, and 11, but realistically, they have not had a full team. As you know, to start the year, Porzingis missed the first nine games of the year. And then they had they had uh, uh, Josh Richardson out, Dorian Finney-Smith out, uh, Jalen Brunson out, and Maxi Kleba. Kleba is still out due to, due to COVID restrictions. So they've had guys out during COVID, due to COVID restrictions, so that's hurt their depth. And let's not forget, Luka Doncic is one of the best players in this league. He's a top-10 player in the league. So yes, they're struggling and they got a really good coach in Rick Carlisle. So they're struggling at eight and 11 right now, right now, like 12th place in the Western conference, but I could very easily see this team get getting hot. And I could see this team being a top five team in the, uh, in the Western conference. And I could also see this team beating the jazz or the nuggets in a playoff series. Oh, Jace taking shots at you right before. Yeah. <laughs> What was that? No controversy. All right. (laughs) So um, I'm going out of left field here. I'm going to make a bold statement. The worst record in the NBA, the Washington Wizards. I think they will get in at the East. I mean, the East is the East. It's not the West. So I I think once – I mean, Russell Westbrook, that that trade happened pretty like – Late into the, I mean, I don't know how to, right before the season started. So once he starts developing that chemistry, Bradley Beal has showed up. Uh, once uh, Westbrook, I mean, he's done great. He's almost averaging a triple-double. But once he really gets in the rhythm and gets back to that, and once they figure out how to better play with each other, I think that, that that's a solid dynamic duo. And that will help them get into the playoffs. Russell Westbrook only missed two seasons from not being in playoffs his rookie year and then um one another year with the thunder uh this guy plays with a chip on his shoulder um i'm sure once he'll come ready and once he once he turns it on uh we'll see the old russ yeah uh you and you guys make all great all uh, you guys all make great picks here um Someone we've talked about on this show specifically struggling is um, the Toronto Raptors, and that's what I'm going to have to turn it around here. Um, someone I've been kind of disappointed with early on in the season is Pascal Siakam. 
It's only averaging just under 19 points a game with like about eight rebounds. I think Pascal Siakam to to elevate this team needs to be a a 24, 25 point per game scorer with 10 boards. They need that elite scoring because, I mean, listen, they have they have one, two, three, four, five, six players averaging in the teens, which is fantastic. But I think you need you need to solidify one player to be your your elite scorer, and I think that needs to be Pascal Siakam. And I, I think I think that if they turn it around, uh, they they get their pieces right. Obviously, like Chris was saying with the Jazz, uh, chemistry is so important. This is a Raptors team who I think has great chemistry, so I think that they just need to kind of you know screw their heads into their shoulders and 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 they can turn the ship around. Uh, Nick Nurse is a great coach. I think I think the Raptors can can turn things around and get into that kind of middle table of the Eastern conference playoffs and maybe even win a series because I, I, I still think they're pretty good. I think them losing Marcus all and Serge Ibaka hurt them a lot more than they thought it would. I really do. Having, having that guy like Serge to play next to Pascal and both of them, uh, Serge and Marcus all open up the floor for him to be able to get those drive-ins. I think that really hurt them. Steve, I know um, the Raptors. You, you, you always, you, you always know my, say, you know my opinion on the Raptors. What they didn't do two years, they didn't do after they won the championship. They didn't resign Kawhi. Yes, they had a good regular season last year, but they were not a championship contender last year, and that's that's why I think this team has fallen off. You got in the NBA, you got to sign your, you got to take care of your star players. You got to sign your star players. When you have a top five player like Kawhi Leonard. You got to get him signed. That's why the Raptors are where they are. Yeah. I think they really need to commit to a rebuild. I think it's time. Yeah, I really yeah, do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's something I've talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. Is is the Raptors kind of just if at some point if this you know they know this is not working out, they kind of just have to, to to blow it up and and hit the reset button, kind of like Oklahoma City did a few, a few last year, a few years ago. Although they weren't supposed to be that good last year, and they ended up yeah. making the playoffs and forcing a game seven against Houston. But that's a different story for another day. Um, Unless there's anything anyone wants to talk about before we go, I believe that is that is all we got today. Um, thanks again for uh, joining us, Chris and Steve. Uh, I'm sure both of you will be on again uh, if we ever need a fill-in. I know Sean's out for another week or so, and Isaiah, Isaiah obviously can't do Saturdays anymore. So keep your phones nearby. I might be t- I might be calling you guys soon. Jay I will Steve. be around. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, guys. Whenever you guys need me, I'm good. Jace, thanks as always for. Uh, committing to the show and producing for us and uh make sure you check out all clovercrest great podcasts you know uh, as joe my good friend joe always says he's the founder of clovercrest if you can't find one you like then start your own that's what i did so uh without we'll see you next tuesday at 5 p.m and uh take care everyone this has been the posting up podcast